Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Rutgers fans. We are back with Believe in RU, previewing Illinois tomorrow in Piscataway. Ryan is unavailable tonight, so we have a very special guest host, Ben Dodson, former Rutgers lacrosse player and Rutgers super fan. Ben, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for uh, asking me to come on. About to go meet up with Owen Mead, former uh, Rutgers teammate. Oh, That's shout out game. Owen. Yo, tell yeah, tell me so what's up. Start out with shout out. Going to meet up with Owen. He's in Dallas. Uh, not sure why he's, why he's traveling right now, but about to go hang out with him. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, Owen Mead might uh, might cure cancer one day. Very smart, smart kid, academically driven. Where's he working at these days? Oh, he's, I'm not sure the company name, but uh, some sort of, medical operations role i'm not sure so he's not doing medicine directly um didn't go to med school but i think he's doing not the sales side but the operations side maybe pharmaceuticals maybe yeah yeah i mean that's just the kind of jobs you get when you go to an academic institution like rutgers university um this this episode of Believe in Rutgers is sponsored by Bet Online. The NFL is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Ryan took the Steelers' money line last week, I think. He got a pretty good uh, winnings out of that. Hope he doesn't take the Rams this week. They let him down a ton. Um, but you know what? It's all good. Um, so, from game spreads and totals to team player props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So let's get into Rutgers versus Illinois. Uh, Illinois 0-3 with losses to Wisconsin, Purdue, and Minnesota. They haven't really been close outside of their game with Purdue. They lost 31 to 24, and they've kind of gotten onto a shaky start, uh, being down by at least two touchdowns to start each each of those games. Um, Rutgers, on the other hand, they've been battle tested. They've gone up against three of the better teams in the Big Ten in Michigan State, Indiana, and Ohio State. Uh, this is the first time a Rutgers team has been favored in a Big Ten game in a long time, <laughs> maybe even ever. So, I think we just have to not change who we are and not look into the press clippings. And we just have to keep chopping, keep our head down. And I think Coach Ciano is the right guy to keep us on that track. Yeah, definitely. I think this is a game Rutgers, you know, has to win. I don't know too much about Illinois, but from some articles I've been seeing, uh, they've got COVID spreading. So what? They're on their fourth quarterback. So that's a game we've got, we've got to win. Uh, if they're down to their fourth quarterback and, you know, their starters aren't doing too much damage to begin with, uh, that's uh, we got. We have seven takeaways versus Michigan State. Uh, that's something we definitely got to do versus Illinois. The so-called worst team in the Big Ten, no longer us. So stay out of the stay out of the last place spot, get this win, and uh, maybe Shiano can ride that momentum, get some more recruits, and then we're golden. <laughs> think that this is a Rutgers team that's that's better than we even give them credit for and I think 
Illinois, a team that, you know, they're very well coached in Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith, uh, NFL coach, went to the Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears. Um, we still, as bad as Rutgers was the last five years in, in Big Ten play, Illinois, a team we've been able to beat. 2017, a 35 to 24 victory over Illinois. Um, although we've lost them the last two times, I think we are in better position than we've ever been for Big Ten play. And you mentioned the quarterbacks. Brandon Peters tested positive for COVID-19 a few weeks ago. He's been out the last couple of games. Uh, the Big Ten COVID protocols is a lot more strict than the SEC. I mean, Nick Saban <laughs> tested positive, you know, Wednesday before their game and, uh, you know, ended up pl- uh, coaching, you know, on that Saturday. So the Big Ten is not playing any games. Yeah, Nick Saban back on back on the sidelines the same week, and then Trevor Lawrence tested positive, right? And he's he's not allowed to play, but he's allowed to sit on the sidelines during the game. So it doesn't make sense. Big Ten, it's the best research universities in the country, so you can expect their protocols to be a little better, a little more strict, and hopefully it'll keep our season intact. Um, so far, the SEC hasn't had a complete collapse, but. I guess we'll see at the end of the year, see who made the, the wiser decision. Yeah, and the exact rules for Big Ten players who test positive for, for uh, COVID-19 is 21 days, which is um, which is pretty long. And considering it's only an eight-week season, that's, you know, that's, that's more than a third of your season right there. So, you know, that is a very big deal. So Illinois, uh, highly doubtful we see um, them get their COVID guys back. However, uh, certainly not out of the possibilities in 2020 with uh, the way COVID-19 is in college football and how some teams uh, kind of have different rules. Um, now, let's start getting into the, um, you know, the offense and defense. You know, Illinois is ranked the second worst offensive team, 13th in the Big Ten and 14th in total defense. Rutgers is seventh in offense and 13th in total defense. Um, I think that this Rutgers defense, that ranking is totally, totally not true and deceiving because the defense has been the strength of our team. And I think just because they gave up a bunch of points to Ohio State last game, that's why that ranking kind of goes a little up and is a little inflated. Um, this defense is lights out. You know, in, in turnovers and on our own side of the field, inflating that Ohio State score too, uh, along with our lack of possession time. So they're just they're going to run run the score up in, in games like that. I mean, I know they're ranked number three. I think they're the best team in the country personally. But yeah, our defense is good. I mean, that's just kind of the straight way to put it. Our back seven is really good. It was really good last year. Not really good last year, but it was solid last year. And then you had guys like Dwumfor, uh, and Tverdov getting better, uh, having big years in the D line. Um, and that's, that's kind of what's made our defense way better is, is our, our back seven was good and the D line just got overpowered. Now they're, the D line's kind of been the strength of our team. You know, they're, they're pushing other teams, whole lines back, uh, in the big 10, which is just something that hasn't happened since forever, since I've been watching Rutgers football, which I mean, isn't as long as you. Um, but I mean, that's just something I've never seen. Yeah. And Julius Turner and Dwumfor and Tverdov and other guys, uh, Torre, they're playing lights out, uh, with a combination of that Greg Schiano, um, coach Smith defensive scheme. And it's really helping the linebackers in Fadakasi and fog really thrive. I mean, 
Fadakasi and, and Fogg are two of the top tacklers in the Big Ten. Fadakasi is actually the leading tackler in the Big Ten uh, so far this season, and he's doing an awesome job. Now, one of the things that I wanted to kind of talk about that I don't think a lot of people are going to really um, give some love is the special teams. Uh, this game is a game where you know Pat McAfee, would absolutely love. Two of the top punters in college football going at it. All Big Ten performer Adam Corsack for Rutgers and reigning Big Ten punter of the year, Blake Hayes. These two Aussies are, you know, also really supported by a great operation. It's going to be a fun game within the game for these two teams who prioritize uh, their special teams. And that's no surprise considering both teams feature former NFL head coaches in Greg Schiano and Lovey Smith. In the NFL, special teams is taken really seriously. Yeah, definitely. And you saw last last week on, on special teams, Rutgers pull a lot of tricks out of the bag. And in a blowout loss, there's kind of the thought of if they if they should have used those tricks in that moment just to make the score seem closer rather than maybe saving it for an Illinois or a Maryland where maybe that could be the difference in the game. Um, so I understand Shiano's mentality is to do everything within every game to try to win. But if you're getting blown out in Ohio State, why would you use all your special teams tricks to put points on the board when maybe you're going to need it versus Illinois to, to, to squeak out a W? You know what I mean? But um, seeing what we've seen so far, uh, maybe that bag of tricks goes a lot deeper than we think. Um, and that wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, they're pulling out stuff we've never seen left and right. Um, and then you saw the Cowboys copy their fake punt the day after. So clearly the the – you know, the football world is watching and guys are already starting to copy Shiano. They did the same fake punt running that cornerback and taking the lateral pass. So we'll see what other tricks they can pull out. It's definitely more exciting to watch and no special teams. I mean, that, that new special teams coach has done a hell of a job and hopefully he's got more tricks up his sleeves because we might need it to get a W. Rutgers also has two onside kick recoveries, you know, already this season in three games. Justin Davinovitz has done a and one uh, called back too. Yeah, Justin Davidovich, sh shout out Bridgewater. Uh, he's done a really good job. Guy Fava, um, our place kicker, has done a really good job. Uh, he hasn't had to make uh, super challenging kicks yet, but he's certainly shown the ability and accuracy to um, to cash in uh, when he gets the opportunity. I think that he's going to get more asked of him as the season goes along, and he has shown that he will probably be able to answer the bell when called upon in those tough situations. Um, look for one of these teams though, to maybe try and steal a possession, uh, with two talented groups of specialists. Now going to your point where you talk about, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if Shiano should have shown that. I, I think that is one side of it and I agree with you, but I think there's another side to it where me and Ryan actually talked about this, um, on our last podcast, where when you run those plays and you show a ton of trickery and a ton of creativity, like coaches have to prepare for that. So that's extra time that they're preparing for that where they're not preparing for your base schemes as much. Right. No, that makes sense. And um, hopefully that's the case and it'll, it'll open up things uh, in, in the more conventional playing field. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Hopefully, you know, the game doesn't come down to one second on the clock and we're receiving a kick where we could have pulled that out if we needed a score. Um, but again, time will tell, uh, Greg Shiano knows what he's doing more than I do. So I'm going to, I'm going to default to him there. I will say this. I think that let's, let's bring our attention to the offensive line. 
this offensive line has gotten a lot of criticism um, the last couple of years and a little bit this year. I think they played pretty well against Ohio State for the uh, for the most part. I thought they had some moments where they really shined against good competition. Obviously, uh, it wasn't perfect, and it, at times it wasn't good. But I think if you're grinding against Ohio State, one of the best fronts in the country, um, you know you have that same mentality against Illinois. You're going to do pretty well. And it, listen, no disrespect to Illinois, they're not Ohio State. However, it's going to be up to Rutgers to bring that same mentality that they had in that second half against Ohio State to this Illinois game and all the time. And I think, like I said at the beginning of the episode, we're just going to have to keep our head down and keep chopping and not change. Because when you have that underdog mentality all the time, the noise doesn't matter. Right. Uh, Two things on the O-line. So the first thing is, guys transferring out and finding a lot of success at other big time schools. So you had, you know, my classmate Jonah Jackson go out and he just dominated at Ohio state uh, O-lineman there. And then I forget his name, but we had another kid transfer out who wasn't a standout at Rutgers, but then he transfers to Mizzou starts on the O-line at Mizzou and is now a captain. Um, So we've got to, we got to retain those guys. That's a huge hit when when you talk about the O-line protecting a quarterback, blowing up other D lines, getting the run game going. That's one of the most important parts of the team. You can't lose guys to, to the transfer portal. So one, we got to retain those guys. The second is recruiting. Every, if you look at every New Jersey recruiting class, there's always a big time high ranked four-star offensive guard or tackle. We got to start landing those kids. New Jersey, a lot of States don't, don't have that in state, size and athleticism in their O-line, but it seems like in New Jersey, there's always one of those guys in every class. And we got to start retaining those guys and and keeping them in state. And I think with Shiano, you'll see that. And one of them here, we'll get into the recruiting battle. Um, The one this year, he was 100% predicted to Rutgers, right? Um, Gino Vandemark, I think is his name. And he ended up committing to Michigan state, right? But now with Rutgers head-to-head win over Michigan State, to him and his teammate, four-star running back, now do they, they're both committed to Michigan State together. Do they flip back to Rutgers where they are, were originally predicted because of that head-to-head win? Um, I think that's where we got to start winning those recruiting battles in our conference. The New Jersey kids can't pick other Big Ten schools over Rutgers if we want to succeed. And as we start knocking off these big Big Ten powers like Michigan State, Maybe we, if that can translate into stealing the recruits who are from New Jersey, uh, that's just going to accelerate the process of, you know, of getting to where we want to be. Right. And the only person I think in the history of Rutgers who has been able to consistently get those types of guys has been Greg Schiano. He would be the CEO of a major Fortune 500 company if he was not a big time college football coach. This guy can sell you anything. And what he's selling to these recruits is genuineness, Jersey pride, and toughness, and even more than that. The list goes on, and it's freaking real. And it's re- he believes in it, and the reason he's able to sell that to people is because it's true. This is a guy who his last year at Rutgers in 2012, got the best recruiting class in history. He got Darius Hamilton, a five-star recruit. Leontay Carew, a four-star recruit. Julian Penix, Adric, 
Steve Longa, Derek Nelson, like all these really high rated recruits. And I think that it's going to happen for us. So I think we just got to give him some time. And I think as signing day comes closer, you know, I think those guys will will start to see that Rutgers is a place they want to be. If he starts landing four and five star recruits consistently, um, we're going to we're going to find success sooner rather than later. That's for sure. Um, Because, I mean, you already see the competitiveness of this year's team. These are not highly – this is not a highly recruited team. We've got some four-stars sprinkled in here and there. I think Tyshawn Fogg, Bo Melton, guys like that were were four-stars, but there's not a lot of them. And once we start getting recruiting classes filled with four-stars, a few upper three-stars, and even add a few five-stars in – this, this coaching staff is going to be able to take us wherever we want to go. And then you add the transfer portal onto that. And I think you're going to start to see more and more kids from New Jersey transferring home that aren't seeing the playing time that, that they want at these other big time schools. You know, every high schooler comes out of college or I'm sorry, every high schooler comes out of high school going into college. They all think they're going to be the star, you know, the running back. They, they think they're going to go be the starting running back wherever they're going, Wisconsin, Ohio state, then they get there and they're fourth, fifth on the depth chart. Kids are going to see what Greg Shiano is doing in their home state. And they're going to see that it's a little easier to get on the field at Rutgers. You know, all the five stars are going to schools like Ohio State. And they're going to want to see the field. They're going to go to school like Rutgers that's able to compete with lesser talent. That's what's, that's what's attractive to, uh, to these recruits is being able to get on the field easier. But because of the coaching staff's success, they're still able to compete with these other teams that are loaded with five stars, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I think there's some truth to that, but at the end of the day, stars are just stars. Devin McCourty, two star, you know, all these other guys, no stars who are, who are awesome. Yeah. Shiano's Shiano has proven he can develop guys. And Shiano is, is the type of guy. If you work hard, you chop and you choose to stay and you choose to go to Rutgers. You're one of his guys. I don't think he cares how many stars. Obviously, the stars and, and the recruiting more talent helps. Uh, but I think, you know, J- JPO came on and, and he said it best about Coach Shiano. Um, Coach Shiano, like, he just, his ability just to galvanize people and, and get the most out of them. Because at the end of the day, I don't really think there's that much of a difference between a four star, a three star, you know, even a five star and a four, and a four star, a three star, you know. It's his ability to galvanize and get the most out of his players. And I think, yeah, we're going to be able to attract better players, but I think we have what we need and we're going to have what we need to compete right now. I think this is, like I said before, I think this is a better Rutgers football team than we even give them credit for. Definitely. And you can what you're describing, you can already see in the basketball program with Steve Peichel. He took over a program that was a shit show. They sucked. And they had no highly recruited players. And immediately he started putting more wins on the board. Not a lot in the first year, first two years, but slowly started to get more, more wins through the same low recruits, but with good systems, good coaching, getting the players to buy in and believe. And then that starts compounding because once you get a few more wins, you get higher recruited players and that starts compounding to more, more wins. Then you get even more highly recruited players. And yesterday in signing day, 
uh, four-star Jaden Jones signed his letter of intent. He's a four-star from, from Dallas, Texas. That's not a recruit Rutgers gets a year ago, two years ago, maybe ever. Guy with no ties to New Jersey, had never been to New Jersey, but Steve Peichel convinced him to fly across the country. He could have gone a lot of places. If Steve Peichel gets him to come to Rutgers, that's not a recruit we get. Because, I mean, if, if everyone's overachieving, no matter their rank, and he starts getting higher, higher ranked recruits, better players coming out of high school, I mean, Rutgers sports is back where it's never been before. Not back. It's just a new thing that we've never seen. Only time will tell. Uh, it's interesting, though, when you think about recruiting, it's such a imperfect science, kind of like, you know, NFL draft evaluating and pro scouting. Um, do you think maybe sometimes those three and two star guys have more of a chip on their shoulder than those four and five star guys? And that's why they sometimes and actually a lot of the time um, tend to outperform the higher rated guys in high school. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it depends on the personality, but it's definitely a tool and a mentality that a coaching staff is able to leverage within their players. Um, so, it, you know, if that's something that the coaches were leveraging, that underdog mentality is, you know, no one wanted you. I'm the only one that took you. You know, these guys were going after all the blue chips. The coaches are going to have to find a new way to fire the guys up and get that underdog mentality. Um, and, you know, if anyone can do it, it's Greg Schiano and Steve Peichel. But, you know, it's definitely we're entering uncharted territory as we're for basketball. We're in the middle of it, entering uncharted territory where we're going to start getting talent we've never got out of high school before. Uh, football's not quite there yet, but it's definitely going to get there under Shiano. Uh, wins are, we already beat Michigan State. Um, we've got more winnable games on the schedule. It, it, you know, with no preseason, no spring ball, we're able – to be way better than we were last, just a year ago. Um, and so Shiano's going to get him there to that point. All right, and let's switch over to the quarterback position um, and retaining to, in terms of developing. It's been a long time since Rutgers has had a starting quarterback that they have really homegrown, developed, that they kind of showed full confidence in and started three, four years in a row Gary Nova, the last four-year starter, um, to play consecutively for four years. Um, Chris Laviano started a full season in 2015, but Chris Ash replaced him in 2016. It, it, it's going to be nice. And and listen, Noah Vedral, all these guys who transfer in, they're our guys. We do not care where they come from. We like you're our guys. But it's going to be nice to see, um, you know, after a four-year period when Coach Ciano gets a guy who he's kind of – he's recruited and he's developed and maybe he starts as a junior and a senior or maybe comes in as a sophomore and then you see that guy who's been in the program waiting for four years and he starts as a fifth year and leads the team to success. You know, it's just going to be nice to see those like Rutgers guys who have been there, done their time, kind of like you see at a lot of schools, right? Like you see – you see um, at least you used to see it more often – um, more often, but now that the whole grad transfer thing has become pretty popular, like you're seeing coaches kind of not show the confidence in a guy who's been there for three, four years, they've seen him, and they'll, they'll go after a guy in the transfer portal and bring him in. And, and a lot of the times, not all the time, a lot of the time it really hits. Like you see a guy like Joe Burrow comes in and crushes it at LSU. You see 
uh, you know, Justin Fields transfers from Georgia to Ohio State. Um, you see the guy at uh, Mississippi State right now from Stanford. He's killing it. Um, but it's going to be nice to see those guys, the homegrown Shiano guys, uh, really succeed. Satowski was supposed to be that guy. Well, he still could be that guy, man. He's got three years of eligibility left. He hasn't been that guy. And he was set up to fail uh, from the beginning for a bunch of reasons. One, um, that was. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a positive show. Positive show. Sorry, positive, sorry. Show. positive show. Number two. Oh, well, this isn't going to be positive. Number two, the line did not protect Satowski. He had 0.2 seconds to get passes off. And number three, he had defenders or i mean i'm sorry number three he had wide receivers that couldn't create an ounce of separation an inch of separation so when no one's open you're getting bum rushed up the middle uh you're a freshman with no experience all you can do is sit there get blown up and throw picks that's all you can do and that's that's all he did but now we'll see what he can do with, with better weapons you got a guy like crookshank that can get open and he looked great in that uh, that two-minute drill at the end of Ohio State, they threw Art in there, and he marched him right down the field. And it looked so great. He was marching down the field throwing dimes, and then he just drops the ball untouched sitting in the pocket. He couldn't even get his throwing motion without the ball slipping out. So it's like, you know what? That's why these, these grad seniors, these grad transfers come in. Now, we've had grad transfers at Rutgers come in and not do so well. So, so that's right. – Right. Three <laughs> – it's just grad transfer, which is to your point, we got to get some guy that we can grow as a freshman. He comes in as a Rutgers recruit and he gets developed within our program because it's just year after year of graduate transfer coming in and it just hasn't worked out. And why would a, if that keeps happening, why would a, a quarterback in high school want to come to Rutgers if you know every year they're just looking for in the transfer portal for some senior with a little poise to as kind of damage control? You know, we want a guy that's just going to, He's a little experienced and he's a little poised, so he's going to make fewer mistakes. Um, that could that could hurt recruiting, so which is kind of one of the reasons why I wanted Satowski. And it just looks beautiful when he, the guy throws the ball. But you also need a guy that can scramble uh, when the O-line doesn't hold up. But he can scramble and he's a gamer. So um, you'd have to ask Shiano the reasons for – you know, the decision at the quarterback position, but I'd assume it's because the guy can scramble because he has nowhere near the arm talent that Satowski does, but he seems to be a gamer and he's obviously more athletic. Right. And, and Noah, Noah's our guy because he does make our offense more multidimensional, right? He's, we, we, you know, having accounted for that extra blocker when the quarterback runs a ball, it, it's a big deal, right? Um, so we'll see what happens um, down the line, but but he's going to have – Noah is going to have to take better care of the football down the stretch than he has shown. Uh, now, he didn't really – you know, he turned it over last game, didn't throw any picks. Um, Indiana game threw three picks and threw the one pick against Michigan State. Um, but I think if we can continue to be multidimensional and take more off his plate and more off the offensive line's plate um, – while incorporating him, I think it's going to lead to a lot of success. Isaiah Pacheco has shown to be a pretty damn good player. Bo Melton has performed great this season. And I think Aaron Crookshank is going to have a breakout game at some point. He, I think the addition of Crookshank is really why Bo Melton's been able to um, really flourish these first couple of games. Yeah, Crookshank, he 
certainly passes the eye test. That's, you know, you just watch them catch a ball and run around out there. And it's a type of athleticism that I'm not accustomed to seeing it. You know, it looks like I'm, you know, watching Oregon or something out there with him flying around. Um, but no, definitely he has helped. And I agree. He's, he's bound to have a breakout game at some point because he hasn't had the big explosive plays that he's capable of and that he had at Wisconsin. Um, so I'm definitely expecting that at some point. And the return game as well has been lights out. You would, you came into the season thinking that Crookshank was going to be that electric return guy. And it's turned out to be Melton, uh, the guy standing next to him. Melton's returned a couple to the 50, I think, and he's returned a punt for a touchdown. Uh, granted, it was that reverse one, but I mean, the reverse isn't what scored the touchdown. It wasn't the play call that scored the touchdown on that fake punt. It was Bo Melton cutting back upfield. Uh, I mean, he went back across all 11 of those defenders, so it was still a great return. It was no, by no means handed to him. But no, that's that's speed that we need on the outside, and hopefully they can continue to create space for Vedrill. Uh, to squeeze some throws in there because if guys aren't getting open, it's going to be tough. And that was what, what Art's problem was. Guys weren't getting open, and Art can't run, so he just got blown up. Yeah, it, well, I think that's why Noah being a threat to run opens up passing lanes for him to throw the ball, right? And I think that um, we're going to see probably a lot more RPO stuff, a lot more him running the ball. We, we've seen an increase uh, of that since the Indiana game where they didn't do it as much. And I think what's going to be really important for this game and, and keys to victory for Rutgers. Uh, number one, don't change. Don't change what you've been doing. Don't change who you are. Uh, you're a team that relies on tough, hard-nosed football, uh, chop mentality, like us against the world, underdog. Here we go. We're not reading our press clippings. We're going we're gonna to show up and kick someone's ass. Um, number two, I think... Got to be multi-dimensional on offense, which we have been doing. And okay, and then, and then I think we have to get off to a fast start. Like I said before, Illinois has Illinois has started out at a two-touchdown deficit their first couple of games. Rutgers has struggled in the second quarter in both their losses. They've been outscored by seventeen against Indiana in the second quarter, and they gave up 28 points to Ohio State in the second quarter. Those are close games at, at the end of that first quarter each time, or, and they're close second halves in those games. So if we can get off to a good start and limit the damage in that second quarter, the analytics say that we're going to have a pretty damn good day as Rutgers fans. Yeah, this will be interesting. It's, it's going to, you know, things are going to calm down. Uh, that Michigan State game, seven turnovers, and then you just play two top 10 teams. So you're not really seeing what Rutgers is like in a competitive scenario. You know what I mean? This is going to be an even match game. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the defense does when the offense is moving the ball. So the defense isn't on the field the whole time. Can they legitimately limit this team? To, well, know, I think Rutgers wins big, dude. Can they limit them to under under 20, under 20 points, you know, legitimately? Um I, I think they do. I think Rutgers wins big. I think Rutgers, um, this Illinois not having their starting quarterback and the Rutgers defense defensive line being as good as it is, I think there's going to be a big day for the Rutgers secondary. I think we're going to see at least a couple interceptions, maybe a couple fumbles. I see a two to three turnover day for this Rutgers defense going against this inexperienced Illinois offense uh, at the quarterback position. So I think, I think it's going to be a good day for Rutgers. Yep. Statement game, baby. Kick their ass. Yeah. Send a message. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, I'm Michigan. I'm going with a 35-17 victory for Rutgers. What do you What do you go with? Oh, I don't know. I would have thought about it. I found out I was coming on here an hour ago. Um, should have planted that seed in my mind. Let's see. I'm going twenty. I don't think, I don't least, think we kill them. I don't, don't think, think so. Kill, no, I don't think we kill them, but I think we win. I say we win by a score too. I don't have a score prediction for you, but all right. So I'll change it. I'm going to go 28-17. 28-17. 28-17. All right. I say Illinois. They're going to put up around two or three scores. Let's say I'll give them seventeen. You know what? Let's give them – yeah, let's give them 17. Rutgers is going to put up 31. That's okay. not killing them. That's fair. 17-31. Four touchdowns and a field goal for Rutgers. Fava doesn't have a big leg, so we're going to be going for it scoring TDs. But he'll, get, he'll squeeze one in there. We're getting 31 points. Yeah, he's been pretty accurate this year so far. Yeah, he's been accurate, and I'm curious uh, as to the Davidovich situation because he obviously has a much bigger leg, and he's been good for us for a few years. Oh, so you're thinking that, like, maybe Davidovich kicks longer field goals and Fava kicks the closer ones? Fava must be very, very accurate because he does not have the leg that Davidovich does uh, distance-wise. That's for sure. I mean, he kicked a 41-yarder the other day, and it didn't have another yard on it. It barely squeaked through. Uh, mm, so he's got a max of lower 40-yard range. It's seeming like unless he's just got incredible touch and judge of distance and can just kind of tap it in. But it doesn't look like he's – in all of his kickoffs, they're not getting inside the 20. They're uh, they're little bitty baby kicks. Yeah, uh, that could be – So you wonder why – Yeah, yeah. Field goals in the okay. Is there a disciplinary thing and they just really needed him for the onside kicks? No, uh, no, I don't no. think so. In most teams, That's most a speculation, but no, 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 no way. No, mo- most teams, most teams don't want touchbacks in college football because they want to get it inside the 20. So that might be a thing to the 35. So yeah, so we'll see what happens, but Ben. Ben, can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I've really enjoyed this. Um, glad we could catch up. Tell Owen I said what's up. Haters, I don't know where you are, but I'm going to take your job if you don't uh, get back in the game. Yeah, Ryan, get on here, man, or else, dude. Hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.